Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. And with that Astros win, we are guaranteed at least two more games this baseball season. Welcome into the Vivid Seat Studios for MLB Overtime Betting. Greg Peterson coming at you with another great podcast. I had a chat with our good buddy Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio at the start of Game 3 of Astros versus Washington Nationals. You guys are going to be hearing that in the second segment, some of the keys to the Houston Astros, what all went well for them, what all didn't because we were hitting on some things that we wanted to see from the Astros if they were going to be able to not up this series and get the ball back to Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Things to watch for in game four. So that is going to be coming your way in the second segment. In the final segment, I do give you a side in total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board, which as you guys know is one of them. That is game four of the World Series in a little something I like to call touch them all. First things first, I always like to go to the Twitter mailbag and answer any questions that you guys have. As always, tweet those into the timeline at GNRSQuarty1. If you try to DM those, well, it's going to be like having a futures ticket on a team like the Baltimore Orioles. That is certainly not going to get to the window for you, but if you send it into the timeline, it's going to be like having a futures pennant ticket on either the Nationals or the Houston Astros and gosh darn it that has already gotten to the window for you. Unfortunately no Twitter questions today so let's take a look back at game three of the World Series and try to see what we can gather from it and make us a better better for game four. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. Zach Granke was acquired by the Houston Astros to be able to 
pitch in games like this. And though he didn't give the greatest of length, he certainly did enough to get the Houston Astros to the finish line. 4-1 to one was the final in this one. First under we've seen in the series as the Houston Astros get four and two-thirds innings out of Zach Greinke. He did give up seven hits and three walks. So he certainly had to strand a lot of men on base, but he was able to do it along with the rest of the team in general. As you take a look at the Washington Nationals, this could be a game that haunts them. They go 0 for 10 with men in scoring position, 12 total men left on base. Really, the MVP of this team was Victor Robles. He had that big RBI triple to get this team on the board in the fourth inning. Bassett, just not a lot doing for the Washington Nationals. Meanwhile, with the Houston Astros, while they certainly did leave their men on base as well, they left 10 men on base, including the bases loaded against Fernand. Oh, no! Rodney, but what else they did a good job of? They played small ball with four stolen bases, and they were able to get a nice home run. It probably wouldn't have mattered in this one, but Robinson Chirinos, a guy that has struggled a little bit this postseason, he was able to go yard. That is his first of the World Series. He had a pair of hits in this one, and when you take a look for the Houston Astros, the top of the lineup is coming through for them. George Springer, Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, all had two hits in this game. All three of these guys are hitting at least a 333 for the series. Past that, you don't have a single guy other than Torino's hitting above a 300 that started in this game. You did have Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker get in some pinch hitting spots. Neither guy got a hit, but those guys have been doing decent as well. The key for the Houston Astros is probably going to be Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, and Josh Reddick stepping up with all three of these guys. They're hitting a buck 54 or lower, and Yoli Gurriel went just one of five in this one, but he seems to be coming around a little bit as well. And for the Washington Nationals, like I said, missed opportunities for this team, but they are getting some production from nearly everyone. That is except for one player, the only guy that's sitting below the Mendoza line in this series, Anthony Rendon. He went one of five in this game on base percentage of a 2-1-4. That is hindering the team a little bit. And for the Washington Nationals, they were able to do a good job of going to their bullpen and being able to hold down the 40, even though they didn't get the win. Anibal Sanchez wound up getting a little bit hit around in this one. Five and a third innings. He gives up four runs, all of which were in including that home run, including 10 hits. But from there, Fernand, oh no! Rodney was able to get out of the sixth inning with no further damage. And then from there, Joe Ross and Wander, I swear this guy stinks, were able to pitch the final three innings, giving up one hit, no earned runs in the process. For the Astros, they certainly did have to go through their bullpen. Josh James had to help get the team out of the fifth inning. From there, Will Harris had to pitch for five outs. Brad Peacock had to get an out himself. You got to think that he's still going to be good to go for the bullpen game in game four. So that is something that you take a look at. And then you had Josh Smith and Roberto Ozuna close out the eighth and ninth innings. Ozuna, obviously a guy that's dealing with a lot, but these two guys were able to do their job. So now you're taking a look at a series that is now two to one with the favorite cashing just one of these times in the Houston Astros cashing tonight. The over is two and one, but I do th- feel like there was a little bit of shift in this one. It's going to be very interesting to see how Houston is going to be playing game four as they announce immediately after game three that is that it is going to be Jose Urquidy getting the ball for the start. What happens from there is anyone's guess, and that's what makes it so much fun. And what makes it even more fun is being there in person. Vivid Seats gives you the opportunity to be able to do that. With Vivid Seats, you are able to get tickets to pretty much any live sporting event your heart desires. The World Series, NFL games, college football, college basketball is just around the corner. They've got tickets to all those venues, big, small, medium. And with Vivid Seats, you don't 
don't just have to be a big time sports fanatic to like the site as well as if you go to the Vivid Seats app, you're going to notice that they've got a lot of tickets to live events like concerts. And if you use my promo code overtime, that's all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, you're able to get up to $100 off of all of it if you are a first time user to the app. And a man that is not a first time comer to MLB overtime betting is our man, Jake Asman. He's been joining me all year long. Does a great job with SB Nation Radio. I'm going to be playing back our chat that we had at the beginning of Game 3 and how it reflects upon Game 4, and that is going to be coming up next right here on MLB Overtime Betting. Though he's not coming on the podcast today, as you guys know, one of our favorite guests on this podcast has been our man, Danny Vietti of CBS Sports. He has done a terrific job all year long of joining me right here on the podcast. And he is a man that works for CBS. And CBS HQ is a place that you want to go if you want to get some good old-fashioned sports talk. No hot takes. Not a bunch of guys are just flapping their gums saying nothing. CBS Sports HQ is always focused on coverage of the game. They do a great job of giving you the information that you need to get a little bit of a betting edge. When it comes to NFL, they give you fantasy advice as well and breaking news as it happens. And with CBS Sports HQ, they also do a great job of lending tips and trends for your bets. And the best part of all is that the cost of it, Free $0.00, and it's not just for a day, it's not just for a week, it's not just if you click on 57 links or anything like that, it is free all the time. All you need to do is download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or any other connected device and you are able to watch CBS Sports HQ at any time. And CBS Sports HQ has no fake debates, just real sports for real sports fans, and that is completely free. So download CBS Sports HQ today. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. And we are back here on MLB Overtime Betting. Greg Peterson coming at you from the Vivid Seat Studios out here in lovely Las Vegas. Now I will give out the disclaimer that we are doing this while Game 3 is going on. Actually, I think first pitch was just thrown a couple seconds ago. Unfortunately, Simone Biles was not there to do a backflip and everything like that. But with that said, still a lovely first pitch. And something that is always lovely is being able to listen to my next guest. He does a terrific job of doing a little bit of everything for SB Nation Radio. He does the main event, which you can hear nationally from 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time in regards to Pacific Time. That is 1 to 5. He is all over the place doing some great reporting for ESPN 97.5 out in Houston. He has been looking at this Houston Astros team all year long, and he just is dialed into a little bit of everything. As Jake Asman is my guest, and you can follow my Twitter at Jake Asman. And Jake, how are you doing today? Greg, always good to be on with you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. I will say, going into Game 3, a team that wasn't doing so great was Houston Astros, obviously. Going down by a count of 2-0, to zero, not necessarily ideal. You had Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole wind up getting dethroned, and from everything I'm hearing, Garrett Cole will not be pitching on short rest. So obviously it is going to be a bullpen game for game four. But 
what can we realistically expect from the Astros in Game 4? Because this is much like the situation that we had in Game 6 of the ALCS, in which you had Brad Peacock giving an open, and then from there you had Jose Urquidy wind up giving a couple innings and everything like that. Can we expect a little bit more of the same, or might there be something a little bit different up the sleeve of A.J. Hinch? I think for the most part, you should expect the same thing. Now, one of the reasons why the Astros, I thought, had so much success you know, holding down the Yankees lineup in Game 6 when they did the bullpen game of the ALCS was because Justin Merlander, despite the rough first inning against the Yankees in Game 5, he still gave them seven innings. He settled in and pitched really well after that rough first inning where he gave up the four runs. So the key thing to watch with this bullpen game, if you're talking about it from maybe like a who's going to win perspective, is, well, if the Astros lose tonight, and they're down three games to nothing, right? Let's say Granky doesn't pitch deep into the game, and the Astros are trying to manage tonight like it's a must-win to avoid going down 3-0, and the fact that no team has ever come back down 3-0 in the World Series, they don't want to try and be the team to try and attempt to do it, right? So if Granky does not pitch deep into the game, and you know, let's say the Astros lose, well, then maybe the bullpen would be compromised going into this game four, on the other side of things, hey, if the Astros somehow win this game and maybe Granky doesn't pitch deep, well, then I say, well, maybe the momentum of the Astros winning game number three could help carry them in game four. So I think a lot of the effectiveness of how this like bullpen game could go for the Astros is honestly very contingent on how Granky performs and how the pitchers that come in after Granky, if he doesn't go the complete game, obviously, kind of how they pitch in this game three. I totally agree with you. A lot of things are going to be dependent on game three. And I do think that there is a little bit dependent on the Washington side for game four as well, because with the Washington Nationals, we saw in game one, Patrick Corbin did wind up coming out of the bullpen. And if Anibal Sanchez gets into trouble, you got to think that there's going to need to be someone that comes in in wrong, long relief, whether that be Patrick Corbin, whether that be someone like a Joe Ross. I think it's very interesting to see how this thing plays out because I do think that game three ultimately is going to set up what we see in game four because with the Houston Astros, they not only want to get a good start out of Zach Greinke tonight, they want to get length out of Zach Greinke so that way they have as many hands on deck for that bullpen game as possible so that way you can turn it over to Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander on full rest in games five and six. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a big part of, of kind of what we're going to see. And, you know, the name to look at from the Nationals' time, I wonder if they have to use Scherzer in this game. They're not going to use Corbin because Corbin's going to go game four. But they might have to be put in a situation where maybe they go to Scherzer for an inning out of the bullpen, just like we saw with you know Corbin in that game one, a game that they eventually went on to win. And Corbin was able to pitch an effective sixth inning for them. So that's certainly something to watch. I think, listen, if the Astros are down 3-0 and you know, you're going to a bullpen game and the Nationals are going to start a, a rested Corbin, they're a huge favorite in that one. And I just think how demoralized the Astros would be if they're down 3-0 going into that game. I think it ends up being a sweep, I do. So if the Astros lose game three tonight, I would bet the Nationals in game four, I think they sweep them. I think that would be rough if the Astros aren't able to pull it out in Game 3 as we do have our good buddy Jake Asman joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And Jake, something that I find very intriguing with the Houston Astros is the fact that the top of the lineup by and large during this World Series has been solid for the Astros. Going into Game 3, Jose Altuve, George Springer, Michael Brantley, they've all done a solid job of getting on base. It's the guys after that that have not really been doing the job. Now, Jordan Alvarez... Going into game three, had three hits and six at-bats. I know he had a couple strikeouts and left a couple men on base, but by and large, he's been much better than he was in the ALCS. Got to think that as long as this series is in Washington, D.C., he's going to be used as a pinch hitter. But 
Who do you think is the biggest guy towards that bottom of the lineup that needs to step up? Because Alex Bregman, having just one hit in the first two games, obviously was a little bit of a bugaboo for the team. But I do take a look at a guy like Carlos Correa, and I wonder where he's been because he has been very much a hot and cold player. And I do think that a little bit of that might be because he has been dealing with injuries, not just this year, but last year as well. This team just hasn't hit, and it was kind of masked by the fact that the Yankees were offensively even worse with runners in scoring position against the Astros. The Yankees had every opportunity you know, win that LCS. The Astros, to their credit, they had the bigger hits at the bigger moment. They hit the home runs with more runners on base, right? You go back to the walk-off by Correa in Game 2. You go to the home runs they hit, the three-run home runs they hit in Game 4, whether it be Springer and then Correa. But for the most part, other than really Jose Altuve, they haven't had anyone all playoffs that's consistently hit. Bregman had the big home run game two to tie it up. But then after that, the Astros offense with runners in scoring position never really got going, right? The Astros collectively through games one and two were three for 17 hitting with runners in scoring position. They were 0 for five in game two. And in game one, they were three for 12. But one of those hits was an infield single that didn't score a run. It was kept in the infield, obviously. So they had not hit. And this is a team that was one of the best in baseball at hitting with runners in scoring position. So if they figure that out, maybe there's a carryover effect. But that's where it comes back to, hey, this game three that's in progress right now has a big impact on what we might see potentially from these teams in that game four. I do agree with you. And Jake, I know that you're a guy that you've got a boots on the ground. Look at what's all happening with the Houston Astros. Now, obviously, it's not necessarily something that may translate on the field, but obviously the Astros are dealing with a lot off the field right now. The whole front office situation with screaming out about Roberto Zuna and everything like that. Do you feel like that's been a little bit of a distraction for the team during this World Series? Because obviously, like I said, it's not something that should really affect the play on the field, but I always think that it's curious because this is popping up at literally the worst time of the year, and it's popping up when the Houston Astros have struggled when we haven't seen many struggles from the Houston Astros all year long, no matter what's been thrown their way. It's very interesting. I don't know if it's affecting them on the field. We're never going to know. But I just think it's like, you know, it's a distraction, right? It's bad karma, you could say even. I don't know if I'd go that far because then I think you take away from all the good the guys on the team do for their charities and whatnot. But the point being, I don't think it helps you, obviously. Like, I know A.J. Hinge from people I've spoken to was furious that this whole thing, you know, came about because the coaches felt it could be a potential distraction for the players. But the Astros are down 0-2 going into Game 3, not because, you know, Brandon Taubman said something stupid to a bunch of female reporters. They were down 0-2 because they weren't hitting, right? Because Garrett Cole gave up five runs in seven innings in Game 1. So it's a very good question. One, I don't think we're ever really going to get an answer to. But at the end of the day, I lean that it's not really affecting them, but it's obviously not helping them either. So it's, you know, the old catch-22. Oh, I totally agree with you as Jake Asman is joining me right here on the podcast. And it's one of those situations where off the field distractions, sometimes they do manifest themselves a little bit, but if it does have an effect on the field, it's a small iota. It's not something where it's like, oh, all of a sudden, Jordan Alvarez goes from going seven of eight at the plate to like one of 22 of the ALCS or anything like that. Obviously not a case like that, but what do you think is the biggest thing other than the timely hitting that the Astros need to do in order to get back into the series? Because we've only seen three teams in the history of the World Series overcome a 2-0 to zero deficit. If things go wrong in this game for the Astros as well, they'd have to become the first team in the history of the World Series to overcome an 0-3 deficit. What do you think they need to do? Because I think the biggest thing for the Astros is setting themselves up in position to be able to win that game for with the bullpen game, because I think that the longer that Zank Reiki goes, the more innings that he gives them, 
it's really going to help this team out because if you're able to get this series back two to two and you've got Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander going on the mound, I think all of a sudden the Astros become the favorite once again because other than in this World Series, when's the last time we've seen both Verlander and Cole go down in back-to-back games? Hey, if they're going to get back in the series, I think it starts with, you know, Granky tonight, how deep he can go into the game, how effective he could be. I mean, there's three teams that lost games one and two at home in the history of baseball that ended up winning the World Series. And the Game 3 star was the starting pitcher for the team that eventually came back and won, right? The Royals in 85 had Saber Hagen, who was great for them in that Game 3. Bobby Ojeda with the Mets in 86, a legendary start that people talk about to this day. And, you know, as a Yankee fan, one of the more iconic moments in the history of the Yankees' 90s dynasty was David Cohn taking the ball in Game 3 against the Atlanta Braves and going into Atlanta and just dominating a loaded Braves team opposite Greg Maddox in that matchup. And, you know, those three pitchers I mentioned, you combine their stats. They pitched 22 innings and only allowed a total of three runs. You know, I'm not saying Greinke's got to go out there and throw nine shutout innings, but I think if he comes out, pitches well, pitches deep into the game, and maybe the Astros could scratch off a run or two, that might be enough tonight if Greinke's on. But it starts with him. If he's on, then I think if you're the Astros, you got a chance to win this game tonight, and then you worry about game four, and you kind of go one game at a time, and you, know, you try and get it back to Houston. You get it back to Houston, you win game six at home, hey, anything happens in a game seven. But it starts with tonight's game three, and then you worry about game four when you get there. Absolutely. I do think that it is so intriguing. And we just saw the Astros not get a run in the top of the first inning. And all postseason long, so many of these games have been decided in the first setting as well. So I do think that that is obviously a little bit of a factor as well. I don't know how and I don't know why, but feels like so many of these games have been decided early. And something that you can decide very early if you listen to him is the fact that this man does a great job of knowing all of his stuff, whether it is the NFL, baseball, college sports. Jake Asman covers a little bit of everything for SB Nation Radio. You can hear him on the main event with Cody Stutes, as he said a little bit earlier. Jake, how can people get a little bit more of you? would like to close it up by letting you promote yourself. 4 to 8 Eastern main event, Monday through Friday on SB Nation Radio, and you can always follow me on Twitter, just at Jake Asman, and you know, always interact with people there. Always appreciate it, Greg. Thank you. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank A big thank you to Jake Asman for joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. Now coming up next, I do give you a side in total in game four of the World Series in a little something I like to call Punch Em All. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. Special thanks to our buddy Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio for joining me on this fine podcast as he has all year long. We are back here in the Vivid Seat Studios from LB Overtime Betting, and we are back here because it is that time of the podcast in which I give you my plays of the day. Obviously, just one game as it is game four of the World Series between the Houston Astros who are on the road against the Washington Nationals. So, let's touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. And if you're looking for a great place to bet on this game, and maybe you're just a little bit sick of baseball, it's been a long season, you've decided that you'd like to look at other ventures, maybe you want to do some college basketball betting as that's a week and a half away, the NFL, college football, the place to do all that is at MyBookie. MyBookie has lines on a little bit of everything. I always give you the side and the 
the total pre-flop, but you're able to do in-game betting. Heck, even when it comes to the NFL, you're able to bet on how many fantasy points a specific player is going to get on a Sunday, Thursday, Monday, you name it. They provide all of it. They've got futures. They've got so many different prop bets, player props, you name it. My bookie has it. And when you go to mybookie.ag and you type in my special promo code overtime, that's all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, you get your first deposit match dollar for dollar up to $1,000 because my bookie is the place where you play, you win, and you hit a grand slam because you get that money into your bankroll and you get paid as it is 907-908 on the betting rotation here on Touch Em All as it is going to be Jose Urquidy going for the Houston Astros, Patrick Corbin for the Washington Nationals. This place, this line is currently up at only one place in Vegas as I do this podcast and that is at William Hill and the total on this game is eight over his use of minus 120. The under is even. If you're looking at the Houston Astros, you're getting minus one or two and with the Washington Nationals, this is minus 108. This seems like an exceedingly cheap price on the Washington Nationals. Currently, I'm seeing one offshore book with this as well. This is at Bet Online. The total on this game is eight and a half. Under is use of minus one twenty-five. The over is plus one hundred five. And at this book, Washington minus one twenty-five favorite. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros are a plus one fifteen. So hopefully, you're in Vegas because this seems like a really good price on the Washington Nationals. And I'm going to be firing in on this one as soon as I get off this podcast. It is absolutely insane that right now the Washington Nationals are being listed at minus 108 because the big thing with the Washington Nationals is that they were able to use Joe Ross out of the bullpen. That did preserve Patrick Corbin. Now, you're obviously not going to have that bullet when it comes to Game 5, but with the Washington Nationals, you're going to have Sean Doolittle if you need him. You're also going to have Danny Hudson. Both these guys are able to go two innings if needed, and you essentially were able to use your two least worthy bullpen arms in Fernand. Oh, no! Rodney and Wander, I swear, oh, this guy stinks with the Washington Nationals. By and large, you've been getting some great production out of the lineup. Guys like Adam Eaton, Juan Soto, Ezruba Cabrera, Ryan Zimmerman, all hitting a 333 or greater for the series. Now, Anthony Rendon needs to get online. He's hitting just a buck 54 in this World Series, but by and large, the Washington Nationals have been able to get the job done. That is, aside from the fact that they were not able to hit with men in scoring position yesterday in the first two games, they did a great job. Well, yesterday, not so much, but you got to think that that's going to turn around a little bit. Meanwhile, for the Houston Astros, Alex Bregman just continues to struggle. He's got one hit so far in the World Series. Carlos Correa has two hits himself. Josh Reddick has a great glove, but he is a big downgrade to Jordan Alvarez, who's going to be a pinch hitter as long as this series is in Washington, D.C. So you lose his bat from the lineup. Now, I will say for the Houston Astros, the trio of George Springer, Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, they're all getting the job done. All three of these guys had two hits apiece yesterday. All three of these guys hitting a 333 or greater for the World Series, but this is also going to be a spot in which, because the temperatures are a little bit cooler in Washington, D.C., obviously it is not like you're playing this game of Wisconsin or something like that outdoors where it would be like 50 degrees, but in Washington, D.C., it's a little bit cooler, so the ball isn't going to travel quite as far, which is why I'm going to be really taking a long look at this total. 
Right now, I'm leaning towards the over of 8.5 at plus 105. I certainly want to want to lay the minus 120 juice. And with Patrick Corbin, this is a guy that, by and large, has been a rock when it comes to his performance at home. Now, I will say that in the last start of the regular season at home against the Cleveland Indians, he did wind up having a little bit of a less than stellar start there. And against the St. Louis Cardinals, he gave up a few runs as well. But in that game against the St. Louis Cardinals, he was pitching with a 7-0 lead in the top of the second inning. So needless to say, he didn't necessarily have to throw on the burners or anything like that. And there was a stint from, I would like to say, the beginning of July until the middle of September in which over the course of 11 home starts, he had an ERA hovering right around one. So this is a guy that whenever he is in front of the home faithful, he has been getting the job done. And Jose Urquidy, certainly not a bad pitcher. He had an ERA just south of four for the regular season. And we saw him during that ALCS game six. He won two and two thirds innings after Brad Peacock was the opener. He wound up getting five punch-outs. He gave up one earned run. And you got to think that Brad Peacock is probably going to be in the role that Jose Urquidy was in Game 6 of that ALCS, because you may recall in that one, Brad Peacock opened. Jose Urquidy came in afterwards. Both these guys went between one and two-thirds innings and two two-thirds innings. You got to think that Peacock probably going to be called upon for about two or so innings in this one. And Brad Peacock certainly was not good as a starter, but in more of a relief role, he has been doing a solid job, but with the Houston Astros as well. You got to think that they're going to be able to call upon Josh James, but Will Harris is a bullet that was likely used. They had to go through so many bullpen arms. Roberto Azuna had to pitch the ninth inning for this team yesterday, so you got to feel like they're going to be running on a little bit of fumes there, and I think that Washington is in good position with a significantly better starter, so for that reason, I'm locking in the Washington Nationals at minus 108. That is just absolutely ridiculous. With regards to the total, probably going to be looking at an over. If that plus 105 on over eight and a half is still withstanding. Probably going to wind up taking that, but still in a little bit of wait and see mode there as that will wrap it up for this edition of MLB Overtime Betting. A big thanks to Jake Asman of SB Nation Radio for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. A very big question for the podcast. Feel free to fire it in at GNRSquarty1 and let's make today a successful, profitable, and fun one. And I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.